All right, welcome to Quotes and Chokes, episode 15. I'm Nick Angeloni. I'm Arut Pogosian, and our guest today is uh, Carrington Jet Setter Banks, a top prospect in the Bellator lightweight division. He'll be fighting um, next Friday, October 12th, in Bellator 207. We're happy to have you, uh, Jet Set. I think that's the first time I called you by your real name, Carrington. <laughs> yeah. I always call you Jet Set. Everybody thought my but, name was Banks. But it's now. Jet Setter. It's Jet Setter. So first People call me Jet Set too, either or. Either or. How did that nickname come about? It came about from this song called Jet Setter Tabby, by Tabby Benet. You know and that song? I was going to say, I don't even know what that word means. I, was like, I feel like, yeah, I feel yeah, like I'm out of touch like with that. a traveler, a person who travels oh. many places. And like, uh, okay, yeah, gotcha. But there was this guy named Tabby Benet who made this song called Jet Setter, and I used to love the song. They were hype you up or what? Huh? Hype they used to hype me up, but I used to listen to it all the time my freshman year of college. So people start calling me Jet Setter. Then I put it on my Facebook, Carrington Jet Setter Banks, and everybody's like, oh, you're Jet Setter. Oh, nice. That's and dope. It, it just stuck. Yeah, so been the Jet Setter ever since. So you like that kid and uh, remember that remember that old movie, Hardball? And it was that kid that listened to Big Papa. Oh, uh, uh, every time. What's his name? I know you're talking yeah. about. Maybe something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so uh, let's talk about your fight coming up. Who you fighting? And, you know, right. how, how's your camp going? It's done now, right? Yeah, yeah. Camp is done. I'm fighting Mandel Nalo, dude from Canada, six and zero. Okay, yeah, nice. Yeah, little taller guy, well rounded, uh, trains at Trisar. Uh, camp's been going well. Nice. You, you did this whole training camp with us. Yep. With that. us and partially with Genesis, yeah, right? Part with you guys and partially with Onyx. Onyx. Yeah, yeah. So with Justin and Matt Lopez and a little bit of Trevor over at Onyx's gym. So they got a gym now. Yeah, they have a know. gym over there. Yeah. Okay. So Justin, oh, it's a, Justin's wrestling coach Ben Charrington. He was working with Justin for Justin's last camp, and I was there working with those guys. And they've been working after his camp, so we just kept it going. And so I've been doing my wrestling there. And then Thursdays we do like a light little flow over there, and then. Wednesdays, I would come up and... That's dope. So, I, you had a good mix. I did, yeah. So, Onyx is new? That's a new thing? Yeah, yeah. It was fairly new. Oh. He's been there for a little bit. That's where he makes his gloves and stuff like that. Gloves are legit. Yeah, exactly. So, it's like his factory. Talking about Trevor Whitman for Trevor people who don't know. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's just like his factory where he makes his gloves and does his business. And like he, all the people who work are also there as well. And then he has a little... He has a space for training as well. And he got bags mm. and stuff like that. Okay. So, Okay. Yeah, exactly. So is he is Trevor training you for this fight? Is he coaching you or? Uh, I would say more mentally coaching. He's he's been pointing out little things for me, you know, telling me where I can get better. So he's been helping me when he's around. Okay. Because he's been busy with his gloves and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So have you used his gloves? I have. They're nice, yeah, huh? They are. They're the shit. Feel really nice. I don't even use wraps with them. And yeah. bef- before that, you were training Black Zillions, right? Yeah. Before that, I was training. So I was at Genesis initially. Before I start training with you guys and training at Onyx, and then before that, I was with the Black Zillions. And then, so you came out here with Neil Melanson, right? Yeah. So you were with him out yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And then you followed him out here. What made you stay? I wanted to be here, regardless of whether Neil came out here or not, because oh, we, okay. we all knew we were going to leave Florida at the time. Like me, Neil, uh, you haven't met another teammate of mine. He'll be around some point. Nice. Taiwan Claxton. 
uh, AJ Matthews. Like, we were all, like, a small little group over there. Yeah. Uh, that was still training at the Black Zillions. Where did AJ Matthews go? He's in San Diego. At oh, he went back to Alliance? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, uh, Pat, Pat Cummings. Yeah, okay. He was up here as well. He was training at Genesis with us. He was living out here. Nice. But he's at Alliance now, too. So, um, we were all... We knew we were going to leave Florida. So, at that point, I wanted to come to Denver. Like, I just wanted to be out. What was it? The elevation or what? The elevation. I have some good friends out here. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah. I have some friends out here. I knew there was a lot of good training, a lot of good gyms out here, a lot of good striking coaches out here. So, I already had Neil as a grappling coach. He's on point. He's, yeah, which is huge. Like, he's been my guy throughout the whole time I've been in Florida, basically. I've only read one grappling book, and his is the book. His grappling book is the only one I've read. Really? Yeah. Like it? <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, dope. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. The flip I, side of that, though, is there's a book on triangles, and I've never seen this fool ever do a triangle. <laughs> 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 it wasn't just a book on triangles. I thought his book is about triangles. Is no, one? no. It was, he does have a triangle book, though. Oh, okay. This I was thought a that was his only book. Well, come okay. on. Are you serious? I would never <laughs> touch a triangle book. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck a triangle. Yeah, that dude's a monster. So, like, uh, we talked about this a little bit about people people listening. So, Neil Melanson was the so he was the head coach for Extreme Couture uh-huh. back when it was like yeah, at yeah. its heyday, right? Uh-huh. And then he was the grappling coach at Alliance, which is uh, Dominic Cruz's gym. Yeah. Then Black Zillions was he head coach out there? or Was he grappling coach? He was just a grappling coach. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so we were talking about this. This dude is so gnarly. Um, <laughs> that he broke his toe, and they told him like you're gonna have to take six, six months, months, yeah, off, off yeah. training. And he was like, "Cut it off." Yeah. <laughs> that's commitment right there. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's when you know you're a monster. But like, you need your toes to yeah. balance yeah. Yeah. to stand. Uh, like, only I, your big you toe. Know, you only need your big toe. I didn't, I didn't want to ask him like what happened. You know, like it's, same. It's a little rude. Yeah, like, same. Oh, what happened to you? <laughs> it could have been a terrible story. I know. You know? And then one day. It's like, his decision. He, yeah, he just told me. He was like, yeah, I chose to cut it off. And I'm like, what? Like, why? He's like, yeah, they told me I had to sit out. So I was like, fuck that. Yeah, yeah. Shit off. And I'm like, that's, wow. that's dedication right there. That's have you dedication. seen uh, I've seen that? There's a video of him. We just posted it on our page, and it was him talking about old school wrestlers. And he was like, like listen, you can control any man. By his asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that's so grimy, but it's true. It is, it is. He, he's a, he is a mean dude. That's yeah. why fighting is a mean sport. Yeah. You know, so he brings that mean side out of you. Matt Brown was like that too. Notorious for checking the oil. Dude. Yeah. Wrestlers check the oil. Too, so. I fucking hate that yeah, shit. I, I, like, because I'm going to go. <laughs> Whatever position you're in, if you check my oil, like, fine, fuck it, get on top, it's yours. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, I mean, real. I'll do that in a fight for sure if I have to. I'll do by any, my mentalities by any means I necessary. Couldn't, I couldn't bring myself but to do it in, a in fight. But in practice, it's like, yeah, don't do it to me. Because we got to hang out later. And like. <laughs> so, how do you like training out here? I love it. Um, yeah, man. Training with you, you know, Elevation, newly training at Elevation, man. I'm glad that. You know, everything happens for a reason, and it allowed me to be able to go over there and find out what Elevation was about and get some training with you guys, and it's, it's been great. It's, it's been great. It's been great having you, uh, Gaethje, Abel, yeah. Matthew Lopez. Yeah. All you guys bring a whole new level to the team, just at bringing each other up, like yeah. iron sharpens iron. Exactly. And, uh, you, you need know, that. Yeah. yeah. Do you know, I feel like Elevation is such a, like, a 
has like a killer room, but uh, I feel like it's kind of a like a, a hidden gem or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I've heard. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just saying, I hear a lot of like uh, analysts like they'll be talking about our teammates and they'll mm-hmm. just be like, "Oh yeah, like wherever he trains, yeah. you know," and like for real. Yeah, like a lot of people haven't. Don't know they haven't yet. given the credit yet. I didn't yet. know too much about elevation until Justin. Was Over him like, didn't know too much about yeah, it. Yeah, so Justin was like, "Yo, come! I'm doing sparring at elevation." He was like, "If you want, you can come with me." And I was like, "You know, he's like, they got some good. You can get some good looks." So I was like, "Yeah, I'll come with you." You know, like I need some good training partners. I remember when you first came, uh-huh. you thought I was a 45er, yeah. and I thought you were a 45er, yeah, and we're both yeah. little 55ers. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you're one of the hardest rounds by far. Thanks, like, cause man. your wrestling's so sharp and your striking's so good, and that's like your style is similar to mine. Is uh, you focuses on wrestling and boxing, which is mm-hmm. I think the foundation to MMA. Sure. Like Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu is necessary, but I think it's like uh, uh, the priority comes with wrestling and boxing. For sure. And then once you have good foundation, that you can sprinkle yeah, in oh, yeah. the and, uh, the rest pieces. For sure, I agree. And being a wrestler, being predominant, I think you're predominantly a grappler. You know, I started as a boxer, believe it or not. Okay, well, well, I switched. You wouldn't know, right? Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, his boxing is good, but yeah. but I so. switched over. I switched my style a little bit to, you know, like uh, work with my body type. Okay. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Same here. You know, I was my wrestling was good. <laughs> uh, I was wifey. Give me, yeah. <laughs> All right, we're back. She actually picking up that proper 12 or what? <laughs> <laughs> she calls in the middle of every single episode, but that also, I also forget to put my phone on airplane mode every single time. So, yeah. only, it's cool that blame we myself. All right, so go, continue with what you were saying. What was I saying? He lost his chance. I did well, you, you were saying something about uh, you changed your style, your body style. Oh, yeah, body yeah. style. But what, what do you mean yeah. by that? Uh, I said I changed my body style. No, change your fighting style to match your body style. Isn't that body type. Well... I body think type, that, yeah, I, not I body that, style. I think that the wrestling, the that side of it, the feints sets up your offense really well. Like the wrestling, like being able to catch people with hesitation, and you know, getting them to hesitate with your feints and make them think you're going to wrestle them. That yeah. brings their hands down, it sets brings, them up for striking. It brings their hands down and sets them up for striking. You know, so like without getting ahead of myself, it made it easy to set up people with feints and use my hands. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so like like you said, like afterwards you start sprinkling in the kicks and with the with the ground game you start sprinkling in the jujitsu. But initially, like I was trying to learn how to blend my wrestling with my striking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was what I what just came naturally to me. You know, using my feints, using my hands, moving my feet. And then you sprinkle in some kicks every now and again, and it just keeps your guy guessing. Dude, you know, your style is, like, I feel it reminds me a lot of, like, Michael Chandler. Yeah, I was going to say the same uh, thing. You guys are pretty That's similar funny. in some ways. Well, we did have the same coach, too. Neil oh, Lanson was both my yeah, coach. Yeah. Oh, yeah, coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, that's how I met Michael Chandler was through oh. Neil. Like, we trained together for a couple of years. I didn't know that. Chandler's training at the gym or with the coach that I used to train with. Where's uh, that? Henry Hooves. Oh, okay. Uh, now they're at a they're at a new gym called HK three six five. So like basically, yeah, like so the Black Zillions was a big team, and then a huge chunk part, chunk of the team went and started their own thing with Henry. Uh, so Chandler was a part of that, and I stayed with the Black Zillions, which was a smaller piece, and it was Neil and Abel and Pat AJ, 
Taiwan, all of us, Yuri Villafort. Mm. Yeah, so we all stayed with the Black Zillions and when we figured out we were leaving. That's the thing though, right? Like when there's two, when it gets to a certain amount of people, there's like, uh, this group start forming within the big group. Yeah, yeah. And like they always. kind of branch out. Yeah. yeah. It's, I wonder it, what that number is. Like maybe about after 150 maybe? 100? Like it's smaller than what, that. What you mean? Man. Like teammates or what, fighters? When things the start like yeah. clicking up and stuff, you know? I, I don't think we had 100 or 150. No? Nah, nah. Like, man, that's like an ATT number. They got a lot of teammates. Yeah. They got a lot of people over there. But we had, we had a big group. I wouldn't say 100 or 120. But we definitely had a big group. And... uh yeah, I just but it was clicky though, right? Yeah, exactly. Little bit. You know, and I was, I think that once teams get big like that, like, I don't know, just from seeing other gyms, like, have success or failures or fall apart, you know, I think that when it gets really big, like, that tends, it seems like that tends to happen, you know, like, for whatever reason. ATT's still going strong, though. They got champions. They kind of a resurgence. There was a there was a because ATT was like the old school. And so was AK. Yeah, and then they died off, and then like I feel like they came back. Like, yeah. They, they yeah. did came back. Um, it's funny with Black Black Zillions. I felt like was like when Rashad and all those guys started Black Zillions. They brought in like all these names, uh-huh. like these huge names, yeah. and so all these had people. A lot of names. Yeah, but all those people, they kind of stopped winning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, there was shots started losing, and you know, there was, a, there was a time when we were doing really well. Like, for one year, we had won over 90% of our fights, really. Yeah, like the, the, during the year of the Ultimate Fighter, okay, that where we had that Ultimate Fighter, mm. we won 90%. Of our, it was oh, yeah, ATT versus was fighting for a title, AJ was fighting for a title on the same That's night, true. yeah, yeah. So, during that year, we had a fantastic year, mm-hmm. okay. You know, we had a lot of guys doing well, Eddie Alvarez was there, Michael Johnson was. Fighting really well at the time, Kamar Usman. I didn't know Eddie Alvarez was, was over there. Yeah, Eddie was there I didn't for know a couple. Either. He was there for a couple of years, but he still lived. He was living in Philly, and then he was coming down the train. Then he moved down there for like a year, and then he ended up moving back home and was still training with us. But oh, okay. Yeah, it was just a lot of it was a lot of names there, and we were doing really good for a while. But I think the click, the clickiness, and you know, like the separation started to mess with our. Our winning percentage, like yeah. people start losing because the team wasn't as tight as it used to be. It's harder to keep a team together cohesive than it than it seems. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. There's so many, especially with fighters. There's so many personalities, different. Like you right. know, and it, it, fighters have like narcissistic tendencies too. Yeah. Like usually, typically, not everybody, obviously, but like you know, everybody wants to be that top dog and then pulling in their direction. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Especially when you got a lot of names and you got a lot of people who could potentially face each other or this guy does better. You know, like it's just who knows what's going on in other people's head or how they feel about the situation of the people. But also I think it, it has a lot to do with the leadership. I think the leaders of the team are important and the coaches the way they lead the athletes is, yeah. is huge. I agree. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's what keeps everything together. You know, what's keep what's it's keeps, the glue that keeps everything it's together. The glue, man. And the second that a little, you know, beef starts happening between the, the leaders, or the leaders start feeling a certain type of way, then I think everything starts to fall apart. These know? are valuable lessons. What, what was it that made uh, you were saying before you moved you you and Neil and and uh, AJ and your group of guys was you already knew you were gonna move? Yeah. What what was it? Uh, 
that made you decide that? Like to move here? Yeah, or just that well, you, you knew you were going to leave in He general, thought about right? moving so, to Denver. No, but you said that like, you knew you were going to leave until yeah. you're like, so you, until Denver was a good spot. But what, why, why did well, you? Well, at the time. You were all thinking about leaving. Yeah, so. well, at the time, that, at that point, the huge chunk had already branched out. And we were all, me, Neil, and the smaller group, we call ourselves the Filthy Few. Okay. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard that. Yeah, That's dope. Like, we were all just training together, but it was like, it was a struggle. You know, like, the gym wasn't always, like, the bills weren't always being paid or this and that. Uh. It was always problems. And we, like, literally put the gym together. Like, we had, had to move the gym. So, like, between all of us, we had to put the mats down. Yeah, the last of the oh, yeah. Turn the windows off and paint. Like, dude, we had to do all of the labor. Was so Jocko not, like, uh, not backing you guys so, anymore? So, at the time, yeah, Jocko, they, once all the people had left, like, he had, Glenn Robinson, RIP, who had passed away, he had let go of Jocko. At, you know, so because it was no need for oh, okay, it. I a didn't big, know that. big group of the people mm. left, so he found a different and a smaller space. And in order for us to have this space put together, because we have fights coming up, you know, we we couldn't wait for somebody to figure out who was going to pay and this and that. So we were like, we're just going to do it ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So we just did it ourselves, and things like that was happening. Just. Something after the other. Little shit adds up. Little, little shit adds up. And it's like, I don't want to have to continue to worry about all these little things. And it's I taking to, away from my focus for training. It's taking away from my focus and my training. You know, right. I just want to go somewhere to where I can just show up and train in the structure and not have to worry about all these little things. You know, and it's like, we try to make it work. We were at one gym and then we we're at another gym and then we we're at another gym. And after so many times, you're just like, I got to make a change. Right. And that's basically what it boiled down to for all of us. Mm-hmm. We're like, we got to change some things up. So we all ended up deciding that, you know, regardless of, you know, because Taiwan went back to Ohio. Uh, AJ, he's living in California. Me, Pat, Abel, Neil, we all came to Denver. But the plan was for when people had camps to come here for weeks at a time and do their camps. Mm. So we could all still train together. Still train together, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... That was the initial plan, and that was what we were planning on doing. But you know, plans don't always work out. But then Neil That's moved what, back to to Vegas, huh? Yeah, what was so the, what's the why did that end up happening? Neil, well, long story. I don't want to really get into that one. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's cool. No, yeah. it's okay. Like he, yeah, I think Vegas was just better for him. He he trained at Randy uh, Couture, Extreme Couture. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of his guys, he's already trained there before. He knows a lot of people there. He's got a lot of connections there. And it was just the best scenario for him. So that was the move that he had to make, you know, for his for, for yeah, himself. For himself. Know, that, that was the right move for him. For mm-hmm. him. So, you know, like. Nick. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, let's take a quick break. <laughs> and, then, and then we'll come right back. Cool. Overheating? Yeah. And we are back. All right. So when we were on break, we were talking about your last fight. Um, didn't go your way. And so you were saying Fucking you were sick. ground karate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you were sick? Yeah, that that last fight I got I had the flu. Um the walking flu. The Bellator the had what? the walking flu. What's that? So it's like it doesn't it's like lies dormant until like You get stressed I, out. You get stressed out or you do something active 
and like it, it, it comes out or so does, I've never had it before. So, so was, you had it like during your cut and you got out there and yeah, started well, fighting? And I didn't like, know, I, this is how I knew I had it. They had me go get my hand checked out because every fight, my hand always gets messed up. So they were like, we want to get your hand cleared before, you know, before this mm-hmm. fight. So they made me go to the doctor. So I went to the doctor and when I was there, they cleared my hand, but they checked everything else. And the lady was like, you know, like she would start telling me that I had all these things wrong with me. She was like, you got water in your lungs. You, you or did you have walking pneumonia? Yeah, that's... Walking yeah, walking pneumonia? Oh, oh. Yes, yes. Damn, that's You can't serious. breathe with that shit. Yeah, so yeah. that's what it is. Walking flu, walking pneumonia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so like she was like telling me I had all these things that's wrong That's the next level. Yeah, so she was telling me I had all these things wrong with me. And I'm like, what? You know, like... Bitch, don't tell me that before yeah, my fight. <laughs> yeah, she didn't know what she was talking about. You know, like, yeah. I'm like... I'm fine. Yeah, I'm like, nah... I'm like, you sure is it? Because it was Thursday and the weigh-in was Friday. Uh, so shit. I'm like, you sure it's not because I'm cutting weight? Like, that's maybe why my body is kind of looking like it's in bad shape because mm-hmm. I'm cutting weight. She's like, nah. Like, she's like, it's not because you're cutting weight. And she's telling me <clears throat> she didn't want to clear me to fight. So at that point, Abel was with me. I called him in the room and I'm like, listen to this woman. You know, I'm like, I'm like, Talk to her. I'm like, tell her. Like, tell him what you just told me. So she tells him, and she's like, yeah, you know, like, these things are wrong with him. And she was like, she broke it down to a science. And she was like, the first, like, right when you start fighting, you're going to get tired. Literally, that's what she told me. She was like, you're not going to have enough oxygen to attach to this and that. And, like, you're not going to have enough oxygen. It's not going to be a fair fight. So I was like, all right. I was like, well, you don't have to clear me, do you? And she was like, no, you can fight if you want to fight. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, well, that's settled. You she should have just kept her mouth shut. That, that was like, you would have been better off not knowing that. I, did, I didn't think about it. All right, that's it, good. You, you know, put it out of your mind? I wasn't thinking about that. Like, it was not in my head. Like, okay. At, at, at the moment, like, it kind of, like, scared me so a little bit. So you felt 100% fine? I mean, I mean like, relative part, part to cutting my, weight. I was cutting yeah. weight. You yeah. Know? So, like, for the most part, I was like, I'm good. But like she said, like, it, it's not going to show up. She was like, you're not going to notice it until you start being active, mm-hmm. until you start fighting. Yeah. Mm. So within the first less than a minute, <laughs> I, I felt Gasp. Oh, that's a terrible you feeling. Know, you I got 14 minutes I, I to got, go? I got, a, I got a takedown, and I put him down, and I was like, I'm going to let him come up. You know, I was like, I'm going to let him come up, and I'm going to strike. And when I let him come up a little bit, and I had him press against the cage... I just kind of felt my energy just be zapped a little bit. Because you're using like 50% of your lungs. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just kind of felt my energy be zapped. You know, and I was like, you know, I, you ignore it. And you're like, I'm going to just push off and, you know, catch my breath and push on, you know, move on or whatever. You never cut your breath. I never recovered. I never, after that point, I never recovered. <laughs> huh. And I just, my body and my energies felt so weak. Like, I felt so weak. And like, during wrestling exchanges, like, I normally win those. And I couldn't win a wrestling exchange. Like, it was, it was just a terrible situation. You don't cut a lot of weight, do you? No. Nah, well, walking into the fight, Abel knows. They made me weigh before the fight. I weighed 161. Damn. Oh, day of, yeah? No, like... Fight day. In the back, warming up. They made me go get on What do you usually weigh? Huh? What do you usually weigh, fight day? 70. Okay, so, yeah. that, so that pneumonia kept some of the weight yeah, off, Yeah, huh? yeah. So, like, it, that worried me a little bit, too. So, like, I couldn't put no weight on. And, like, I knew I was really light, but I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm still going to get it done. Like, no matter what. No matter what. I'm going to get it done. I think those experiences only make you stronger, though. Like, if you're a true winner, 
like shit like that, like having be able to fight through mm-hmm. using half your lungs. Mm-hmm. So you, if that's you at less than 50% and you could make it through the whole fight like yeah. that. Looking back at it now and like, let's say like knowing what the outcome is, would you, if you were in that situation again, you knew how it was going to turn out, would you, would you still go forward with the fight? Because I, I, me thinking about it, like, nah. if it was in my, my shoes, I'm like, man, I think I would have I been like, it's not like I'm afraid of losing, but it's like, this is not even going to yeah. be a fight. You know right. what I, mean? I know I wouldn't because fucking cardio is not my strongest point yeah. <laughs> to begin with. <laughs> I'm not going to go in there but, with but 50% about, of look, my cardio. If, if a doctor tells you something, are you just going to listen to him before a fight? Or like, say, no, say, say, and, that you, say, that you, say that you are in the UFC and you have a fight and it's your first main car fight. And then the At that point, tells, it's fight mode. Yeah, and the, and the doctor tells you something. How do you how do you respond? Like, like do you do you like trust them? It's you go, easy from the couch right now, sitting here, say, yeah, like I won't fight. Yeah. But when you're in that moment, yeah, all that pressure's on you. Before. Yeah, you're was gonna fight. Your, was this like your first or one of your first fights in Bellator? No, I wasn't. It was my fourth fight. Okay, but you know, like just I think being like, that close, I. I didn't want to pull out for whatever, you know, and then you need money. There's a lot of pressure. Yeah. You got to make money. Yeah. So you're expecting that paycheck as well. You know, so you're like, I need this paycheck and I don't want to just pull out a fight two days before. Yeah. That's a hard decision. I, I don't know. I would it, if it I is, wouldn't. It is, but yeah. I've never like been it's in easy, that situation. Yeah. It's easy to make, that, to make the right decision looking back. It is. Oh, yeah. So you hope that in the future, if something like that comes up again, you'll make the right decision. No question. But... You know, like sometimes you imagine things like that. You imagine the situation like that's coming, and you think, "Well, I'll feel sick, but I can push through that." Yeah. And uh, like I remember a while ago, Chuck Liddell or something. This is obviously a long time ago. Said something about having the flu or something during one of his fights, uh-huh. and I remember thinking, "Like, oh, I could push through the flu." You yeah. know what I mean? But then, like, you get in that situation, you feel that, you're yeah. like, "Oh shit, this is worse yeah, yeah, than I thought sure. it would be." You and know? That's that's. It was, you can't know it till you experience it. Yeah. I, kn- I think it's one of those things. Like, you got to feel it for yourself. And then it's like, in a fight, that's not the type of situation you want to go in and not be feeling your best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, sure. like, it's just... There's so much on the line. There's so much on the line, and it's like, it's just such a high-pressure and emotional situation. Like, you know, like, I think that once I felt that way, I wasn't in my right mind. You got to be very in the zone and in your right mind when you're in the cage and when you're fighting. I think to that's... make good decisions, to make quick decisions, mm-hmm. you know, and to just push through, like push through hard situations. Like you got to make sure you're the best you going into that, or that you can mentally be, at least. Yeah, yeah, mentally. Yeah. You know, and I think that when you feel something like that, and it's like you haven't felt like that during the whole camp, you know, like you're questioning, like. Like, what the this, fuck? Where yeah. is this coming from? Yeah, like, you know, yeah. like what's what's going on? Yeah, like, you know, like it comes out of no, it came out of nowhere. Even mm. though she told me, like, but you, you made the connection, her. like as soon I did as you felt that. Oh, really? I didn't have time. You're just like, why the fuck am I so tired? <laughs> I, was I was just fighting. I was yeah. like, girl, I didn't have time to make the connection. Huh? Yeah, like I didn't like you know, like it was like it was just fight, like you know, like he was coming at me, he was swinging, he was kicking. Yeah, yeah. So it was like I didn't have time to think about how I felt. Really, like I was just like, however I feel, I just got to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? I was like, I'm still gonna win this fight, so I was losing every round. 
And how many rounds my, was the fight? Huh? How many rounds was Three. it? Three. Okay. In my head, I was still like, I'm gonna find a way to pull it off and win. That's yeah. good. Like, you know, I was like, I'm losing, but I was like, I'm still gonna win at some point. Like I was like, I'm gonna figure something. That out. says a lot about your you spirit. Know what I'm is that win. Yeah, yeah. You for know, sure. but it was just like everything was just he was shutting down everything, and I felt terrible. Hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> how much of that? So you. You came from a wrestling background. Um, you wrestled at what was the JUCO that you wrestled at? Uh, Iowa Central. Okay. Same school. John Jones wrestled at. Yep. John Jones, Cain Velasquez, Kobe Covington. That was your teammate, right? Kobe was my teammate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was my teammate. Um, and you were saying that's how you got started with no, Kobe. I got started because my coach called my bluff when we were at a fight, watching <laughs> some fights. You were just a wrestler back then. I was a wrestler at that time, and a dude invited our whole wrestling team to come watch. Well, like and sophomore, junior, what year? I was a senior. Senior, okay. So it was like the end of my wrestling career. Okay. And uh, this guy, who was my first MMA coach, Russ O'Connell, invited the whole <coughs> wrestling team to go watch some fights, and I'm sitting there watching the fights and I'm just talking shit. <laughs> I, I can <laughs> do that. Say, and I'm talking shit in the crowd. <laughs> I whoop him. You know? <laughs> I beat that guy. My coach is like, like eh, well, you know, like my coach is just like, okay. Yeah. You know, he's like, would you do it? And I'm like, yeah, I would do it. So not thinking anything of it, he goes and gets the coach. And he's like, hey, Carrington said he wants to come in and, you know, oh, like, yeah? do, some, do some training. Like yeah. he said he would do it. So he put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> you had to walk the walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then the coach was like, yeah, come in this day. Like, we would love to have you in, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, fuck. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, all right, I'll come in and do it. You know, I'll come in and do some training. You tried so it. So then I, went, I came in, I did some training and realized I couldn't throw a punch for shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I couldn't throw a punch for shit. But it was fun. And they liked me. And they were like, yo, just keep coming back. So from that point on, I just came, I just kept coming back. For fun, yeah, yeah. Until they were like, "Hey, we booked you a fight." How long after? Was, huh? How long two did you months. train? After two months training, they two booked months. your fight. Oh, whoa! They were like we booked you a fight, and I was like, "Why would you do that?" <laughs> <laughs> How'd like, you do? I told y'all I didn't want to fight. Like I'm just doing this for fun. How'd you do? I won. Okay. In 45 seconds. Nice. Okay. I took them down. <laughs> it was over. Yeah. yeah. I, I've I've known a lot of people that especially come from if they come from like a strong background of, yeah. of something in particular. And like, oh, I'm, I'm, they're slow to get into their first amateur fight. And Cody and I were talking, were, Cody and us were talking about this, just getting in there kind of sooner. Because yeah. I think a lot of people would be surprised, like, how low the skill level is, or like yeah. the barrier of entry is at like amateur MMA. Oh, I ran through it. And my amateurs, like, hot knife through butter. Yeah. <laughs> Kept TK on it. I thought it was Mike Tyson. Right. I thought it was a guy. I was like, nobody's going to stop me ever. That's what they were telling me. They were like, yo, if words come, they're like, you're going to beat any guy up. It doesn't matter. Because it was, I had no fights, you know, we yeah. were all amateurs. It was like, just use your wrestling at... Especially you when you come you from know, a gonna, wrestling background. As long as you don't get knocked out with, like, as the first as, shot, exactly. then you'll be all right. You'll be exactly. All right. So, I was in there, and I was just like, swing, nah. <laughs> 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 like, yeah. all my, pretty much all my amateur fights, except for maybe one. Like, I went in there thinking, like, all right, because I came from a jiu-jitsu background, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to get in there and try my striking. Yeah. We get in there and touch gloves, and I see this guy about to swing. I'm like, nah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Grab a leg. I was the opposite. My first fight, actually, uh, uh, I somehow ended up on top um, side control. And my coach, who's an Afghani guy, but he spoke some broken Russian. He was like, Naverhu Arut, Naverhu. It means, like, get up, get up. Mm-hmm. I let him, uh, let him go from side control, got up. 
Amy, I knocked him out, but like the level wasn't that good. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But who who leaves side control? Yeah, yeah. like I was the why'd you do compl- that? huh? Why was it because I thought fucking ground karate was gay? I didn't want to do any <laughs> ground fighting. I didn't come here to cuddle. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was my mentality <laughs> up until I turned pro. Yeah, okay. and so and that's surprising that you thought I came from a grappling background because I switched it up so much. Mm-hmm. Now I'm an opportunist. I'll take the fight wherever my opponent doesn't want to go. Sure. So like I have no preference yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. If they want to strike, we'll grapple. If they want to grapple, we'll strike. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. Whatever opportunities you give me, that's what I'm gonna take. And to be able to be that versatile makes you dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, like to be able to put it where they don't want to be or do the opposite. That's GSP's thing. He's the original. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think if you like, if you're well rounded, <clears throat> like. You can't say something like so. Someone's gonna fight you, right? You can't. You can't build a game plan that says like, all right, well, what I'm gonna do is like stop his wrestling. Yeah. You know, because like if you're not, you don't have a lifetime of wrestling. Uh-huh. You're not gonna catch up in yeah. a camp. Hell no. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you already have to be good enough at everything to be like, okay, all I need to do is just direct the fight in the areas where I have the edge. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not gonna be. I remember like when I first started fighting, um, I was. I don't know. I think I had maybe six or seven years of jiu-jitsu when I was doing my first fight. Yeah. And I was talking to the matchmaker, and the guy was like, okay, well, yeah, he, this guy, he said he's been working on his jiu-jitsu, so I think it'll be a good fight like in the last like few months or whatever. Because he got submitted, and he's like, this time he's working on his jiu-jitsu. I'm like, yeah. well, I've been working on my jiu-jitsu for the last six years, yeah. so yeah. let's see how exactly. that goes for him. Exactly. <laughs> That's how I feel when anybody says they're working on their wrestling. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, good like, luck. You know, like, yeah, I don't you got a lot of catch yeah, up. Catch up. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, and that leads to this fight coming up today Khabib versus Connor <gasps> Khabib uh, Connor has been talking about how he's been bringing in all these 200 pound men yeah. and all this grappling has been doing uh-huh. like it's, to me it's a toss up fight like this is a close I feel the same like I'm torn mm-hmm. I like them both for different reasons but but no matter how much grappling Connor has been doing mm-hmm. that's not going to be enough to counteract all the no, I think, years of wrestling Khabib has done. I think Connor, Connor is an intelligent fighter. Like I think he has an intelligent approach to fights. So I think that he's smart enough to understand. Even if he says crazy shit all the time, which he always says crazy mm-hmm. shit, he like he just says stuff to get under people's skin and he does. You know, I just, love that shit. Just to make people think whatever he wants question them themselves. Yeah, yeah. Just whatever he wants them to think. But I think that. He under, like he knows that he doesn't want to let Khabib get in and turn it into a grappling match because Khabib's going to win that exchange. Right. But I think he does know that if he makes him make bad decisions, because grapplers can get make bad decisions. And Khabib try, does. You know, like, yeah, they can Takes get sloppy. shots from way too they far. They his chin out, hands down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. if I can use my footwork. And make him get extended and do all these bad, you know, make these bad decisions and get out of position. Then it gives me opportunities to land my stuff, you know. And then that's just going to keep adding up. He's going to continue to make more bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And my, you know, I'm going to continue to keep staying in position and stay where I, I don't want to be. I think a lot of this is going to come down to gen- ring generalship. So who yeah, could keep so the, who could keep the center of the octagon? But you know what though, like Khabib doesn't have good ring generalship. Like he like chases a lot. He doesn't like cut the ring mm-hmm. off. He just follows you. Yeah, McGregor's uh, understanding of where He's he is way better. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, it, 
But the pressure that could be put the pressure is different. It, it it's is nothing different. that he's faced you know, before. I, I think that I think that if he can close the distance the right way, I think that it's gonna be a rough fight for Connor. You know, like I, I like I said, if he doesn't get extended and make bad decisions and leave himself open trying to get the takedown and he uses his timing and his feints really well. Feints. You know, like I think that it's going to work out in his favor. But I think if he gets overly anxious and you know, like Connor's going to, he's, He's going to be his nine. And he might get Khabib's, over there. Khabib's yeah, takedowns are not really well-timed either, no. though. They just he, like... He doesn't, he, I don't think he has, like you said, I don't think he has the best wrestling. But if he gets a hold of you, yeah. he's a good finisher. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. He, knows how to, he knows how to finish the takedowns. But getting into the shot... Could like, be better. His, be his fit-in could be better. Yeah, exactly. His fit-in could be better. Exactly. Um, I so, think it's going to... Like a yeah, I was about to say fit in is a new word for me. Yeah, I did, I had never heard that till I moved here. So I moved here. I hey, came up with it. <laughs> all me, dog. Now I say fit in because y'all say fit in. Yeah, first day of pro practice, they were like, "All right, strikes to fit in." So I was like, right. "The fuck is a right, fit in? You mean a yeah. takedown?" Yeah. <laughs> but if you think about it, it's it makes it, sense. It might be the biggest yeah. part of MMA wrestling: the fit in, how you fit in yeah, when you start. Like you make somebody put their hands up. And their whole body's exposed for you to grab. Well, I think it's the biggest part of MMA wrestling, assuming that if you already know how to wrestle, oh, coming from wrestling. Yeah, I guess. You know? If you yeah. Yeah. Wrestling, yeah, yeah. Like, if you, you can't wrestle. Even, even as a striker, I think that if you if, if you striking with somebody... And you have a good blast double. And yeah, yeah. And like, I think it's just about timing. Like, it's like what it, timing. it is what it is. It's a, like what y'all call it, a fit-in. So, if you catch somebody... Doing like being offensive and you time it, it doesn't matter what style you're good at. If you time it right and you catch them, you know, throwing their punch. I love provoking the jab, the provoking the counter jab and mm-hmm. slipping. Like this is boxing, so you mix in boxing and wrestling here. You know, slipping the counter jab and getting in under that counter jab and uh-huh. straight to a double. Mm-hmm. But like I'm the one that provoked it. Mm-hmm. I ha- had him extend his arm, so he created all this room underneath. Yeah. And boom, that's my entrance. For sure, I think that's that's the key for Khabib. Mm-hmm. I think he can't he can't try and get the takedown when Connor is moving. He, when Connor decides to be offensive, I think that's when he's got to close the distance and take the shot. There's so much on the line for both guys. I I think it's going to be an issue of whether or not Khabib can take that left hand. Because I think he's gonna he get hit. Yeah, yeah. I think. But if it. he can get, if he gets hit with that left and is able to go through it, yeah. Because you can't avoid the That's clinch forever. Changer. You know, yeah. yeah. Right. You, yeah. Can, you can't. You can't 100 percent avoid the clinch. You're always gonna clinch at some For point. Sure. And once they clinch, he's gonna lose. So it's yeah. gonna be a matter of like, if he catches him coming in with that left and he drops him, then great. But if yeah. he doesn't drop him, you're right out. Yeah. You know, then he's gonna be in some trouble because it could be walks through punches. He doesn't, and he's not the type of dude. That is gonna change the what he does mm-hmm. to like like he does. I don't think feel like he game plans too much. He's, yeah. Like you're saying like oh well he's got to do this this and that. But I feel like if he doesn't already normally do that, he's probably not gonna do it now because yeah. he's not the well, type of dude to adjust. You're 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 right. I think that uh, every guy he's fought hasn't presented the same type of challenge as Connor has though. And in this, this uh, no fight has been the same magnitude. You know, this so is the biggest fight of his life. Connor fight, has already been there, history. done that. You know, like yeah, exactly, biggest fight in UFC history. So, 
going against a guy who game plans well and a team who game plans well, you know, like, I feel like you got to, I mean, I wouldn't change who I am if I was him. I would put the pressure, but you got to make some small adjustments. Small adjustments. Yeah, yeah. You, gotta, you know, you got to make some minor ones. Like, uh-huh. And I, I think Khabib is smart enough to, if, but who knows? Like, when you get in a cage, sometimes shit just goes out the window. Mm-hmm. It does. You know, sometimes like, you just want to bang. Pressure. Yeah, you know, like, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like once, once the fight starts and the dude kicks you one time, then you go back to who you once were. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, let's fight, you know, so... I, I think it depends on who can execute their game plan better. That's really what it comes down to. For sure. I think that's that's what it boils down to. Is this I a classic grappler versus striker matchup? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Toss-up matchup. Yeah. Connor definitely has the edge in... in like, if I had to put my money on who, who's going to stick to a game plan, I feel like Connor's definitely the more... I feel like he's a more... He's, he's a guy who knows how to... Execute a game. And he's plan. the guy that's been, under, been under those, those big, big lights. Yeah, exactly. exactly. He, yeah. He's executed game plans under the biggest lights. Perfectly. Yeah, that's what, and that's what I mean. I think Khabib has got to execute his game plan better than Connor, who's great at executing the game plan. Man, I was I already had my Khabib post planned out. <laughs> when no, for winning? No, for before, like, talking about why He's I the biggest McGregor hater. But now, now you guys are making me <laughs> doubt my post, man. No, I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Like, I just, I just know that McGregor's gonna land his shots. Yeah. And like you said, if Khabib can take him or walk through him and it doesn't phase him to the point to where it ends the fight, then I, Khabib's gonna win. That's what Abel said. Abel said he's like, the juggernaut is gonna walk through it. Mm-hmm. You think that till you get hit on the chin? On the chin, yeah. You, gotta, him, like, you gotta hide that sucker. You know, first. For real, though, like, <laughs> like nobody ever did Aldo like that. Nobody did. Yeah. You know until you know, Connor did it. You know, so it's like I wouldn't underestimate him. I would. You know, either. like you can't underestimate him. If like, I could, if you do, I think it's a mistake. I wish I think that, he knows that go. We could go he back. Knows that. I wish that we could go back and have Chad Mendez beat Frankie Edgar so that he could rematch Connor. Frankie knocked Chad like, out, right? Because Chad, Chad was if, looking if good. Had a full camp, that would have been a different fight. I agree. Yeah. And different. so I'm thinking like. Less than two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But then he, I, you know, they were supposed to, he was supposed to fight Frankie and then rematch, and then he got knocked out by Frankie. Mm, and yeah. I was just, I was. Because I just yeah, want Connor right. to lose, like, with my whole heart. <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking, like, oh, Chad's going to come back. The passion of hate that he brings for McGregor is <laughs> unparalleled. Uh, he, he texted me last but night. going to some proper 12 tonight, though. But I, yeah, I feel I'm like buying I it. That's why. <laughs> I feel yeah, obligated. <laughs> um, he, was, he texted me last night. He was like, dude, you see the... Uh, the uh, what's it called? The, the uh, Embedded. Embedded. Yes. And I was like, yeah, I saw it. It's, too much Connor in it. I didn't like it. Because <laughs> I'm going to bring you some haterade today. <laughs> um, so we're getting close to our uh, time cap. Let me see here. we got a little bit more time. Let's talk a little bit more about your fight. And like, uh, Where is the fight? It's in Connecticut. Oh, that's perfect. You're going to be at sea level. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, dog. I'm, I'm looking forward. Cause I got yes. That. You're going to have, I guarantee you, I felt this. Mm-hmm. I felt about twenty to, uh, 10 to 20% more endurance. Fighting at sea level. I'm, I'm looking forward to it because, like I said, I was bummed out the last fight because I didn't get to yeah. take advantage of yeah, taking you the feel altitude. It. You're watering your lungs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this time around, I'm you looking gotta forward feel to it. being able to see what the you know the elevation, what it does for my body. Or it's a know. weird feeling. It's like when you go. So I got back to sea level like a couple weeks from my fight, 
And I remember thinking, like, am I not working hard or something? Like, am I being lazy? Because mm-hmm. yeah. I just would go through practice and I would just, like, not be tired. And I'm like, what the hell, I'm man? looking forward yeah, to yeah, that. No, it's no, a no, great no. feeling. <laughs> yeah, especially um, after having the fight where you're working with fucking half your lungs. Yeah. So, <laughs> you got to appreciate this. Right. Yeah. I am. I am. I already know. And they say, too, so, like, the effects, like, they get, they get more drastic. Because at, at first... Your body is, you know, it's producing, what is it, more red blood cells? Mm-hmm. Um, but after a couple of years, your your lung mass actually increases. So oh, your you lungs like get bigger? More like alveoli or mm-hmm. the little air pockets. Oh. You get more of those, you yeah, know, so over years. Uh, and uh, A doctor here was telling me, it, like, I was asking, I was like, yeah, it takes, like, what, three, four months to acclimate? And he was like, nah. You know, like, he was telling me, like. It took me a year. Yeah, he was saying a year. He was like, it took me a year. It was like a year. When I first moved here from New York, I'd get my ass kicked by dudes that should not be kicked Bro, my ass. Like, just ragged all of me. Like, breathing hard after the first scramble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. death. So can you talk a little bit about like the game plan for this fight? The game plan you Fuck know, up. Is, is, is like like we just talked about not too long ago. Is I'm I'm going to take what's there. Okay. You know, like I've, I've been... Opportunist. I've been, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be an opportunist. And whatever he shows me, I mean, I'm going to oppose my will on him, mm-hmm. and I'm going to pressure him, and I'm going to bring the fight to him. Because honestly, after my last fight, I got a bitter taste in my mouth. Yeah. So I really want to go out and perform the best I've ever performed. Nice. So you got something to prove right now. Yeah, I got something to prove. You and know? to yourself above anybody else. To myself, else. yep, to myself. Exactly. I know that feeling. So for me, like, the game plan is to beat him up, and beat him up is be the best me I can possibly be. While being, because he's not no slouch, you know, he's 6-0, mm-hmm. he's a tough dude, so I can't just be so anxious that I put myself in bad situations, yeah, yeah. in bad positions, so. Stay sharp. Staying as sharp as I can, but being as vicious as I can be yeah. at the same time. Doing you. I like that. Doing mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Yep, yep, exactly. So, you know, anything that he shows me or any adversity that comes within the fight, I'm ready for it. Nice. Hell yeah. You know, like. I'm ready for whatever whatever happens. Well, I'll tell you, sparring you this training camp, your homie's going to be enough for a rough night. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's how I feel, you know, but I got to go out there and I got to do it, you know, and that's 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 what it, that's what it is. So how, how can people uh, watch the fight? It's Dazzin, right? Dazzin, Dazzin. Network? Yeah, like it's D-A-Z. What? It's a new network. They're showing it all. And you know, I didn't even... I didn't even what happened to that. Paramount or whatever? I don't even know if this was... They last the last fight was on Dazzin, so that was the first time that they had done it. So I'm not sure if they're going to air it on Paramount as well. Normally they do Paramount. I don't know if Dazzin was like a one time try thing. Yeah. So for the listeners, either Dazzin or Paramount. Exactly. They could check it on MMAJunkie.com yeah. if they. Not sure. Nice. <laughs> um, all right. Cool. And then, how can people uh, follow you and keep track of your career and stuff? They can follow me at Jet Set Banks on Instagram, uh, CB underscore Jet Setter on Twitter, and uh, just Carrington Jet Setter Banks on Facebook. Nice. Cool. Um, all right, guys. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, and on Spreaker. Um, you can find us at Quotes and Chokes MMA Podcast. We're also now on YouTube, um, Quotes and Chokes Podcast. Or actually, no, what's our YouTube channel? It's just Quotes and Chokes, right? Um, and then you can follow the podcast social media pages at Quotes and Chokes on Facebook and Instagram. Now, if you want to follow me, 
and uh, things I'm doing. I got some fights coming up here. Uh, it's at Nick Angeloni one five five on Instagram, and it's at the Italian Stallion uh, at Facebook. When are your fights? Uh, hopefully six weeks. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's a card and uh, a local card that's the seventeenth, and there's one on the first. Uh-huh. Same promotion though, so they're they're gonna they're gonna yeah, fit me in on one of them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and you can follow me at prime underscore time nine 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 on Instagram. Nice, cool. All right, guys. Thank you. See you next week. Ciao.